0: This is Andrea. And Connie's here. And we've just been wondering about all things church or theology or discipleship or Jesus. In 20 minutes or less. This is Just just Wondering. wondering. Well, Connie, you're getting me excited. I don't know. Peter might have been my last pick. And I think discipleship goes deeper than that that jesus could sign really like i just rose from the dead and like you're still on that i thought we had moved past this by now today we're just wondering about the disciples on the road to emmaus please come wonder with us the road to emmaus is a well-known story i'm just going to give us a really really brief recap basically this is after the resurrection of jesus and Two of the people who had been following Jesus are walking from Jerusalem to this town called Emmaus, mm-hmm. and as they're walking, they're talking about everything that's happened, and And some traveler, which we know to be Jesus, but they don't, meets them on the road and asks what they're talking about, and they say, well, we're talking about the events that have just recently transpired. Haven't you heard of Jesus of Nazareth and everything that happened? And we thought he was this, but we're really disappointed because he was crucified and then Jesus, who these guys, again, don't recognize, says, don't you know what all the prophets have said? And he starts basically preaching to them about mm-hmm. everything that the prophets have said about who this Messiah was to prove that Jesus was the Messiah. They get to the town. It looks like Jesus is going to go on. The, the other guys say, no, 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 come with us. It's getting dark. Sit with us. Mm-hmm. And they go to break the bread. And Jesus is the one who takes the bread and breaks it and gives thanks for it. And in that moment, their eyes are opened. They realize that they have been with Jesus this whole time. And then Jesus disappears. They (laughs) run back to tell the disciples that they too have seen the risen Lord. That's our incredibly brief brief recap of the story that takes place in Luke
1: 24. So Connie, what are your... Good job. Good job. It causes a why question for me. Why is this story included in Scripture? I think to answer that, we have to look at it a little more closely and see what is it that we learn from this story. So let's let's take the obvious, the first one. This is about the fourth occurrence of Jesus' appearance post-resurrection. Is one of the reasons we have this story. It is... Another account of people who know Jesus, recognize Jesus, knew him pre-crucifixion, and can recognize him post-resurrection as someone who has physically come back to be among people that he knew Mm -hmm. before the ascension. And so is that one of the whys? That it substantiates for them A physical resurrection? Connie, the way Luke
0: puts this story, it happens on the same day as the resurrection. Mm -hmm. It was earlier that morning that the women were at the tomb. If you read earlier in Luke 24, the Mm -hmm. first 12 verses Mm -hmm. are the women going to the tomb, and Jesus isn't there, and they speak Mm -hmm. to the angel, and they run back to tell the disciples. Mm -hmm. The disciples don't believe them except
1: for our dear friend Peter. That's right. Loving Peter more I know, all the right? time. Yeah, he jumps up and runs to the tomb, mm-hmm. stoops, and looks in, and he sees the grave close. Um, And he walks away puzzled. And then the very next thing Luke tells us is two of these
0: disciples are on their way to Emmaus. Mm-hmm. So this, is, this has just transpired, the way Luke writes it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I... I imagine that they're still reeling from the death sure. that happened about three days earlier.
1: And and just to be maybe a little clearer, the reason they've been in Jerusalem is not for the crucifixion. It's for the Passover. It's for Passover. Right. And so they've gone to Jerusalem for a very special religious, spiritual occasion, the Passover, mm-hmm. and and that has happened, but it also, of course coincides with trial, crucifixion, and unbeknownst to them, for a few more minutes, resurrection. Mm -hmm. And they see him walking
0: with them. They know that he spoke to them. When they invite him in, they see him break the bread. Mm -hmm. This was an actual physical being Mm -hmm. standing in front of them, Mm -hmm. getting dust on his feet, Mm -hmm. getting breadcrumbs on his hand. It wasn't just a vision or... Uh, you know, kind of a spiritual moment. It was an actual embodied resurrected Christ mm-hmm. that, that now they got to add their witness to that of the women who had just
1: that morning come back to say he's gone. Mm-hmm. They told us he's alive. Mm-hmm. So one of the whys, I, I think for me, as we talk about it is because I subscribe theologically to a literal physical resurrection, a bodily resurrection. People who are far more learned than I uh, subscribe to that, though. Though it's though not all scholars do. We have to acknowledge that. Yeah. But I do, and so for me, it's reassuring because I read this as just that they're g- giving witness to it having happened that yes. way. Yes. Yeah. Can we pause on that for just a quick moment? Sure. When sure. you
0: say that there are some scholars who don't ascribe to a physical resurrection Mm -hmm. they think there are some people who think that jesus did appear to others Mm -hmm. but that his appearance was almost as a a spirit Mm -hmm. a ghost exactly Mm -hmm. um so that the spirit of jesus so jesus's body was still dead jesus Mm -hmm. the man Mm -hmm. still died I think there are major implications depending on which one of these you believe. Some people, this might be completely new because we've never even considered not believing in a physical resurrection before. Mm -hmm. But especially in the education circles, like in seminary that you and I have both been to, when we talk about this, we hear some of these other theories. Mm -hmm. What are the implications, Connie, for Jesus being resurrected in bodily form, that his actual physical body... Was resurrected and brought back to life. He wasn't just an apparition.
1: Yeah. For me, what it helps me live into is really this complete and ultimate victory over death. That I read scripture and I read Jesus saying that He has. Mm-hmm. And and why that is important to me is then therefore, <laughs> sounds very biblical. <laughs> therefore. Nothing can separate us from God. Not even death, yeah. Because Christ has power. Christ's resurrection, bodily resurrection, indicates the the just a fraction of the extent of power that God has, and I can trust in that. Mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm. and so it helps me in my own faith in God and believing truly. Nothing can separate us. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I would also add, we see Jesus throughout the gospels healing physical ailments. Mm -hmm. He seems to have this power over the physical world. We see him calming seas, Mm -hmm. calming storms and waves, Mm -hmm. walking on water, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Clearly the physical world, Jesus is not limited like we are. Right. Um, And I think that includes things about the body. And the fact that Jesus' resurrection, that Jesus' victory includes victory over the body. Mm-hmm. Victory, maybe not over the body, but but maybe for the body. Mm. Connie, I've been thinking a lot lately about what it means to be embodied what mm-hmm. it means that we live out this faith we live out our lives as christians with our bodies it's not just our minds mm-hmm. it's not just our hearts mm-hmm. it's with our hands and our feet and the way our feet <laughs> our feet i have feet <laughs> <laughs> and the way we travel and when we hug others and when we do things it's it's a physical reality as well as a spiritual one mm-hmm. and i am still very much in the process of pondering all that that entails but There's hope to me in the fact that Jesus's physical body was raised because that means our bodies also experience salvation. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the way, we've come to believe that the flesh is bad, the body is bad. And I think this has various implications that maybe can be another
1: podcast. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's certainly, there are schools of thought and, and certainly divisions within Christian tradition about the perceived division I don't think there is one, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the perceived <laughs> division between the physical and spiritual. Right. So why else could this story be included? Why for you? Well, there are, I have a few different answers to that
0: question. One of them, I feel like, is because of what we read in the 12 verses before this. And maybe I'm just reading this as a woman, but it, it, it's not lost on me that the women came back to testify, and that the men did not believe them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was more than one woman. Right. This chapter in Luke tells us it was Joanna and Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, which I believe is Mary, the mother of Jesus. James
1: is Jesus's brother. Mm -hmm. And the other women who are unnamed. Yes. So it's several women. Even more than just those three. Well, and think about it. What have they gone to the tomb to do? Right, to take care of his body. Right, and Mm -hmm. so it's going to be a multi- person job yeah yeah and so they've and they've all been willing to go mm-hmm. because they all loved jesus yeah they loved this man and yes right. none of them were believed by anyone except maybe peter yeah we're not i'm not totally sure he's thinking something's
0: going on yes he's at least questioned enough to go okay i gotta go see this for myself mm-hmm. but he didn't mm-hmm. automatically go whoa that's great yeah. he's alive yeah um can I quote you <laughs> yeah so I love that these guys after their encounter with Jesus and they realize who he was they run back and they're like y'all the women were telling the truth <laughs> like I just I, I appreciate that kind of bookends mm-hmm. of of this story mm-hmm. um I I've always questioned why couldn't they recognize him Mm. when he when he appears to them on the road Mm -hmm. are they just so wrapped up in what they're talking about um and they just can't understand are they just so maybe they're just so hopeless Mm -hmm. because they say in those verses in luke we had hoped Mm -hmm. that he was going to be the one to redeem israel Mm -hmm. we had hoped Mm -hmm. sarah bessie gave a great sermon about about this passage and talking about all the things that we had hoped, especially in the midst of this pandemic. Mm. But I think one of the points that she made, I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up, sometimes when we expected something so great, we had such high hopes, and we find ourselves so disappointed on the other side. Sometimes we can't see clearly what God is doing, God is working, Maybe we can't always remember those promises that God has laid over us because we're so caught up in what we had hoped. Do you think Jesus looked the same to them? Do you think? I mean, what do you think about what I'm what I'm laying out here?
1: Well, I'm thinking. I have a I have a story. I'm thinking (laughs) about a uh, time I was in uh, Central America in a country, and we were walking up this gentle but a hill to the church that was at the top of the, of the hill where we were going to worship that Sunday morning and um, and we're walking and chatting and visiting with each other as we walk up this hill get to the crest of the hill and see people who are coming from the other side of the hill uh, to the t- same church and s- sort of don't look at them because I'm with my group of People that I know in Central America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, so I don't really look around. I, I just kind of keep talking. And, and we get up to the top, and we get within a few feet of each other. And finally, I hear someone say, Connie? Without a Spanish accent. <laughs> and and at that point, I've, I finally really look face-to-face with the group that has been climbing this little hill on the other side of it. And it's a pastor from Missouri and his wife. Oh my gosh.
0: That just happened to be in the same random place in Central America on a
1: hill on the same time that you were. Yes. What? Yes. Now what are the chances? And so it was It was sort of this stages of recognition. Mm-hmm. I mean, first I had seen this group of people, really hadn't even looked at them as individuals, assumed there would be no way on God's green earth I would know anybody in that group, so really hadn't paid attention to them, yeah. and and not until someone speaks my name do I really see them. Yeah, Was it like that for these disciples with Jesus? Right. They weren't I looking for Jesus on that no, road. No, not at all. Not at all. But, I mean, they spend a good bit of time with him. Yeah. Walking and talking. I mean, Jesus goes through basically the whole uh, revelation of Of Scripture, of of Scripture, (laughs) prophets to the Messiah. And so, I don't know. Yeah, It's really curious, isn't it? Really curious. I think there's also
0: something fascinating about the fact that they recognize him in the act of what we call now communion. Yes. In the act of the breaking of the bread.
1: Yeah. When I read this passage, I often get moist eyes because of all the things. And of course, the truth is they maybe they were in the room. I mean, we don't know who all was in the room to experience Passover. Right. When Jesus leads it basically. Right. Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. So, were they in the room? Maybe they were at the back, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, I mean, but but they have seen him do this mm-hmm. sometime, maybe really recently, for this Passover, and they recognize him by this act yeah. that he does. So, Andrea, what's the message in that for us? What, what, is this, is there a is it allegorical for us or can it be? No, I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't happen. It yeah. did happen. Yeah. They recognized him because of it. But, but what's the message for us? Right. In the, the act
0: of, in the act of the Eucharist. I mean, that's what this is. We mm-hmm. don't call it the Eucharist in most Baptist circles, but mm-hmm. communion or the Lord's supper or the Eucharist. This is a holy thing. Mm-hmm. And, if we think about how this, the Passover that this is all based off of just happened, what, three and a half, four days earlier? Right. The Last Supper. That, so, right. So this just happened, and then they see him do it again, and maybe it hadn't instituted itself as a holy moment quite yet. Sure. Because right after sure. the Last Supper... We have the trial and the crucifixion and all of this stuff, and then yet Jesus goes through these same motions again, motions that represent who he is and what he did for us. Now, for the first time, they're going, oh, when Jesus broke the bread, that was like his broken body. When Jesus gave it to us, that was like Jesus who literally physically gave his body over to death maybe this is the first time that any of the disciples have been able to ascribe the true meaning of what Jesus was saying four days ago at that last supper Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that oh we finally get it this is you you the bread (laughs) of life you the water this is you
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's just a theory (laughs) Well, when you're just wondering, that happens sometimes.
0: Uh, there is one quick thing that I wanted to bring up about the story of the road to Emmaus. Yeah, uh, I read a commentary by our dear friend Molly Marshall, who we've referred to multiple times mm-hmm. in this podcast because we,
1: we need to get her to join us on a podcast. Oh, that would be awesome! Can we contain her? No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um. But one
0: of the things she mentioned, which I heard her mention in my classes with her, and I also read it in this commentary that she wrote, was the connection between our faith and the work of hospitality. Mm. Hospitality, I think, has long been relegated to the, to the realm of the home and the realm of the women, and we just mm. throw it off as keep a neat house and cook mm. dinner and things like that. I think there's a depth to the spiritual gift of hospitality mm. that we have long... Underemphasized. Mm-hmm. it was in the hospitableness of the travelers to invite jesus and in when they didn't yet know who he was mm-hmm. they knew it was getting dark he seemed like he was going on they said no come come have a meal with us come come spend the night here before you keep going there was hospitality in that i wonder connie would their eyes have ever been opened if they hadn't done that mm-hmm. it was once jesus was at the home taking the meal with them, that their eyes were opened. Mm. Had they just parted ways and not offered that hospitality, would would they have had this holy moment? Mm. Was it their hospitality that
1: opened them up? Great question. Great question. I, I don't know. Here's a Here's an interesting exercise. Mm. If you think hospitality is only for women to serve cupcakes or whatever you think it is, look at the life of Jesus in the four Gospels. And make a list of all the times and ways that you see Jesus express hospitality. His, his life, the way he lived his life, is, is in an ongoing, hospitable way. A couple of exceptions maybe come to mind, like the day he got really mad in the temple. <laughs> They might not have characterized him as hospitable. <laughs> However, the folks for whom he expressed the anger. Absolutely saw it. That's a really good point, Connie. And and so here's another question. We don't have time for this, Andrea. But so what's the relationship between justice and hospitality? Because I think I think there is one. Connie, could we talk about that in our next podcast? Well, maybe we'll see
0: are there things that you're just wondering about connie and i would love to hear from you send us an email with your thoughts and we'd be happy to talk about it on the podcast we're grateful to charles smith for helping us record these episodes and to hook sounds for allowing us to download this music titled save the world